0: Oh, oh no. Sorry, you usually ask for two, that's why I was gonna go for a Normally second. Normally I do,
1: but you know what? Oftentimes I find when I go back into the edit, I'm like, the first one was great. <laughs> like why did I why did I
0: request a second when we already perfected it? but then the second is the security one that's true should yeah. we do another one well I mean we can but like the idea of the second one is in case there's something wrong with the first mm. one that is a good that's shot. why you've got two kidneys
1: I always thought I just did it out of, purely out of like a Nah, you could do better than that.
0: <laughs> but every time, <laughs> every time you have to do a were well, Or you're like, uh, you're, you're amping me up like you do with an audience. Like, hey, everyone give us a big cheer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that wasn't loud yeah, enough. That's genu- everyone give us a real cheer. <laughs> that's genuinely what
1: it feels like. It feels like, yeah, I'm just like, come on, daddy, We both we, 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 we <laughs> we know you've got more in here. Come on, this is second opinion. Am I right, people? <laughs> it's
0: like, <laughs> I wonder how many times the audience would would endure that sort of thing. Uh, not, not that audiences are a thing at the moment. But mm. imagine if you were like, go on. You're like your typical. Hey, everyone, give us a cheer. Oh, that was loud. Let's give us another cheer. Now, fuck off. Give us another one. Just no, guys, going. you're not getting it. Um, <laughs> how many time? How many times deep would you go before the audience? Be like,
1: <laughs> walking out. I also think. I think. Uh, you know, and I, I haven't listened to every podcast in the world. No. But I think we. We surely must be the podcast that holds the record for leaving in the most conversations about how we sync the audio up. Like, surely. Because we have left in so many conversations about the clap. And, like, I'm like, I never listen to any other podcast where they talk about, like, they make a little fucking speech about how they sync up their audio. But, yeah, I feel like we have so many episodes where that's the opening
0: is us talking about you having to do the clap. Is it more high tech, though, for most podcasts to have, like, a mixer? That, yeah. where you don't need to sync the audio to sync things up, which we're pretty old school. Is the dream? It does frustrate me a
1: little bit that we're still living in this time where we've been doing this for a while and we still have this setup. But we bought these microphones and we can't really afford other ones, and they kind of only work with this setup right now. So <laughs> uh,
0: I was watching the the Netflix Flat Earther documentary recently, uh-huh. Beyond the Curve. Are they the, using them? Were they, they, yeah, he was using a blue, blue The director was also Daniel J. Clark, which uh-huh. is very close to my name, so that's a little conspiracy for you. <laughs> and he was using my microphone. Add it to the pile <sighs> of flat-earth
1: conspiracies that you are you are the director (laughs) and you're also like a corporate shill for snowball microphones
0: it was just weird to watch like a conspiracy theorist talking into the microphone that we use (laughs) like i guess we're not that far apart me and this flat earth
1: yeah um but i have to say danny it was it was exciting to hear both that clap and your voice echo around these four walls once again because for the first time since what, like February?
0: Yeah. It must be we March.
1: Were, March? Yeah, maybe like early, early March. Yeah. We are in the same room together again. Hey! Socially is, distanced. So well, yeah. I mean, for the most part, <laughs> we are actually. Th- this setup requires us to be very far yeah. apart anyway, so we were already safe. So it's all good. Um, but yeah, this is like our first time meeting. In person, and we're capturing all live all. for the history books. So you know this isn't like a, oh we met up the other day and we had a we had a laugh. No, we have so much commitment to this podcast that we're like we got to meet up day fucking one. We gotta watch Gemini Man. We gotta, <laughs> gotta watch it. Gotta watch Gemini Man. <laughs> and like I said, I think the the hardest thing hundred percent about that whole situation in terms of recording this podcast was just that. Aside from the terrible connection problems that we had. Yeah. Which, if you listen to the last episode, there was a good a good little 10-minute chunk in there of technical difficulties and whatnot, which I thought was fun to leave in. Um, but it was definitely the watching the movie by yourself yeah. I didn't enjoy. It was never as much fun. And watching Gemini Man this afternoon, it's, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable to watch a movie that, you know, some might consider to be bad <laughs> when you're just by yourself and it's like the middle of the day. But when we have each other to kind of, like, bounce off of and stuff, it makes the whole experience so much more fun. Yeah. So it's a pleasure to have you back. Um, and it's a pleasure to be back. In the studio. The studio. Socially yeah. distant. Studio in fucking the, the hardest quotation marks. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're going to come back, like, hitting the ground fucking running. Good doing it, man. A movie that I think I might have mentioned in every episode <laughs> since I saw it in some capacity. Because I feel it's been unjustly attacked. Okay. And I feel that I need to come, someone needs to stand up and say, no, enough is enough. No one else was doing that, was
0: it? No one else.
1: 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it had when I looked it up earlier. Wow. So that means there's 27% of people who saw it, but you know. I choose to ignore that i'm the one guy <laughs> <laughs> you're the 27 but i think the thing is is like it, it's not so something that i was worried about coming into doing this again doing this movie right was i was quite worried that me liking gemini man had become a bit of a you know a, like a meme of my own making <laughs> where it's like what you know we'd get into like conversations with friends about movies and stuff and like one way or another it would like you know it would always lead back to gemini man but a lot of the time i'd make it lead back to gemini man and um i was worried that like oh i think maybe that you know i maybe just liked it a bit maybe i was just having a good day the day i saw it i quite enjoyed it um and you know i've kind of kept this running joke of like oh, i think everyone is wrong about gemini man uh and now i'm gonna watch it again and i'm gonna be like no like i get why like people don't like this and i'm not enjoying watching this But like, I I am pleasant, I'm delighted to say that on second viewing, I still like thoroughly enjoyed that in like a total way of not even in like a, I don't know, not even in like that kind of, oh, I have to, I have to find the good things about this because I've been kind of kidding on that I like it. But like just genuine enjoyment. I was like, I really enjoy that movie. I get, I feel I get a lot out of that movie for some weird reason. I don't know if it's just that my tastes in film this year have sunk so low. Like I watch garbage now. Like I seek it out. We watched the fanatic the other day. Have you heard of that? I've not heard of fanatic. We'll come back to that one. Like I, I feel like I've spent a lot of, especially lockdown, just seeking out bad stuff because i get a lot of fascination out of it um and i wonder if maybe my movie taste yeah has just gotten so low that now i see something like gemini man and i'm like (laughs) this is it this is like good cinema what (laughs) low
0: standards you must have
1: um i i'm very excited because we've had we've done that thing where we watch the movie and we try not to talk about it because we want to keep our thoughts fresh for this so i think what would be best is to Because I can't handle the anticipation any longer. Let you introduce the podcast and then tell me what side of the... Are you with the 27% Danny? Are you with those other... Are you with the sheep? The sheep who unjustly attack this movie. Who call it bad. Who say it's poorly made. Who say the whole frame rate thing is weird. (laughs) Which it is. But
0: I want you to introduce the podcast and I want you to tell me where you stand Danny. What's up people of Peopleton? Welcome to second opinion movie podcast i'm your host danny jones and the co-hosting with me the third will smith <laughs> scott morrison i
1: thought you were gonna say like co-hosting with me young me <laughs> <laughs> young you are young um so yeah gemini man 2019 movie uh kind uh, will smith starring ang lee directed I guess you would call it an action movie. It is an action movie, I guess. Um, that I'm a, I'm a fan of. I'm very curious. I'm very excited to hear your initial thoughts on Gemini Man. Hashtag who will save you from yourself.
0: Who will save you from yourself. Uh, Danny Jones at the year 2020 has decided that Gemini Man is it's absolute fucking garbage. Oh. No, I actually really liked it.
1: Oh, that's good. You like? You really liked it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, like, like I said, I, I admittedly, like when it started and I, I said that thing to you before we started watching it where I was like, I am, I am a little bit thingy about like, I'm not that I'm not going to enjoy this. And within the first couple of minutes, there was like two things that happened to where I, where I was like, I don't like either of those things. And, I'm all, I, and I was already scared. <laughs> and then as it went on... Um, I kind of like got back into the... My computer making noises? I kind of got back into... The, the the vibe that this movie's putting out, man. And I got really back into it again. And there's a lot of clunky shit. It's not like... There's parts of this movie... The way they're put together... is There's no other way to say it. it's not good... It's clunky as fuck, but there's something about it that I don't know. There's something about this film that I that just clicks with me a little bit, and I'm excited to hear like what you enjoyed about it and all those kind of things. I thought maybe like I would give like a little bit of context. Go to, like, for it. I am mostly going to read from the the Wikipedia because the Wikipedia has kind of summed it up quite nicely. Um, but this film has been in the pipeline for a long time. Yeah. This film apparently was originally conceived in 1997, and it's went through development hell for 20 years. Back when Will Smith was young, he would have been young. He could have fought a baby version of himself, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been a very '90s Will Smith comedy.
0: Yes, wouldn't it? That would have been about the same time he was doing Wild Wild West. You think he would have watched like Will Smith, and he's like,
1: he's running around New York trying to catch like a clone baby of himself?
0: No, I don't think he was doing films quite like that.
1: Not quite like that, but
0: that was probably more what Arnold Schwarzenegger mm, would have done. Yeah. That and was then Danny DeVito. Yeah. Danny DeVito would be the baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just get him in the the way he's dressed in always sunny when he has like the diaper on
0: and he crawls at yeah. the sofa, yeah. Um He didn't crawl no he didn't crawl. No no no, the sofa that's there when he's crawled it's when he's covered in the fucking yeah. Uh, yeah. He definitely didn't have a diaper on. If you've seen that scene. Always no, sunny. I was No, I was getting them confused.
1: Um yeah. Uh so apparently went through development hell for 20 years. Uh had a bunch of different directors attached. Uh and a bunch of different actors, which I think I'm is the excited. more interesting part. I'm excited. Including yeah. Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson and Sean Connery.
0: Right, so they're all they all mental choices.
1: They are quite bizarre choices. Like the the one that I kept thinking of and I wonder if maybe it's because of Looper the one i kept thinking of was bruce willis right like i kept watching it and being like i could see and one of the reasons i like this movie and we'll get into it is like i could see the way that hollywood would traditionally make a movie like this bruce willis fitting into that role yeah we got bruce willis without hair bruce willis with hair they're tussling.
0: Yeah. Um, I think he, especially in the 90s, Bruce Willis was a lot more willing to do like, sh- I mean, he is kind of now uh, willing to do like offbeat films, stranger films. Mm-hmm. Um, how those pair, I can't imagine Harrison Ford playing a younger version of himself. Mm-hmm. That's such a, a, a. I can't imagine Harrison Ford doing anything that
1: requires any real effort. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the 90s. Other than turning up. Uh,
0: and Sean Connery, I felt like he'd have just been confused. You know, like, what, what? I, I, I'm I'm younger me now. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand this at all. Like,
1: <laughs> how could there be a younger me? And they're like, well, Sean it's it's like a sci-fi movie. Like they've cloned you. Well, I simply don't understand. What's a the sci-fi? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, when I was on James Bond they didn't do anything shilly <laughs> where are all the hot women for me to have sex with <laughs> that's him the only one out of them I can imagine doing it is Mel Gibson I feel like he would have probably done something like yeah, that yeah but the then time. I'm like
1: well I was about to say like is Mel Gibson distinctive enough when he oh yeah like is younger but he was he was he, the, the, he, the most interesting thing to do with Mel Gibson is like you have young hot in Hollywood Mel Gibson versus washed-up racist <laughs> Mel Gibson. <laughs> Famous anti-Semite. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Burned every bridge that he's ever crossed. In the 90s, you wouldn't have had that problem. Yeah. Not yet. Um, you But, like, his lethal weapon persona is pretty iconic. You can imagine... I mean, he wasn't really old, even in, like, 97. You wouldn't call him, like, old, but... Yeah, I can. I, he would be out of those three the most likely to do it. Yeah. Um. At the other two, I, I can't imagine Sean Connery and Harrison Ford doing this film.
1: Hmm. I think it's it's crazy that because this film apparently did not make a whole lot of money. Um. It. Oh, actually, no. It did not bad. Actually, I I was under the impression it had done really poorly. Had a budget of 138 million and the box office was 173.5 million. That surely is like lower in America. I'm sure there was a whole big thing a stink kicked up about how little money it made.
0: Okay. Maybe um, it's more compared to projected.
1: Oh yeah, no, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The film grossed 173 million against a against a production budget of 138 million, making it a box office bomb which projected losses as high as 111 million for Paramount. Hmm. Bedtime, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's it's interesting that it because like if you're gonna try and make this movie work in this day and age, I guess you do you do go with like one of the biggest actors on the planet, and like who's bigger than Will Smith?
0: Yeah, I like mean,
1: everybody everybody loves Will Smith. Yeah, like no one has a bad thing to say about Will Smith. So it's like you're not alienating any market when you get Will Smith to do this movie. You know what I mean? Like, people will come and see it based on his name alone, whereas I think with someone like Mel Gibson, you know, you're alienating (laughs) a lot of people. Um, And so it's interesting that it didn't do that well financially, because you would think he is just inherently a a box office draw, but I guess...
0: Movie stars aren't really a thing anymore, mm. though. Like, you don't get as many films... um that are sold on a movie star alone. In fact, Will Smith is probably the last movie star, like, mm. as we know it. I'd say maybe Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise is actually... Yeah. He's, yeah, he's still someone who, I mean, theoretically could, like, sell on his name.
1: I feel like I just go to see Tom Cruise movies now, because I'm like, is he going to die for real in this one? <laughs> is he going to do something so over, batshit in the insane? The production's over. Yeah, but I'm like... Maybe they keep it hidden from you, and that's Tom Cruise's final like that. That because he'd probably have that in a contract. Like if I <laughs> die doing some outrageous stunt, you finish this movie, and I want people to see it. I want people
0: to know what I lived for <laughs> and what I died for. <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise and Will Smith, I'd say, yeah, they're probably more Tom Cruise actually. Now you think about it, but they're like the last movie stars yeah. as, as you would know them. Uh, a film, like you do, get them in the sense that. If they have a film they want to make and they want to prop it up with movie mm. stars, they'll do it. But it's so franchise-focused now um, that it, it it does make sense that a film like this wouldn't do too well because yeah. it's not because it's competing with so many films that are based on some sort of franchisable, um, mm. like some sort of recognisable name. And um, yeah, like it, it's it's almost a. A testament to that, isn't it? Because this is such a Will Smith film. It's uh-huh. it, the whole, the, the whole it feels spectacle. like the kind of like
1: that kind of enemy, enemy of the state, yeah, I
0: robot kind of films that he was doing but back like, in the two thousand. The roll up, roll up, ladies and gentlemen, come and see two Will Smiths. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's this film. Like you, no one's, no one's seen it because. They think it's gonna be like a, a deep or an interesting espionage yeah. film or uh, like a like necessarily a compelling action film. That's all the, the sauce and gravy that goes on top. Yeah. Like what you're coming to see is you're coming to see Will Smith old versus Will Smith young. Yeah.
1: No, totally. Um I do agree I do wonder if if then therefore just it was that the plot just seemed very uninteresting to people. And that the trailer maybe was just uninteresting to people. Yeah, and that was where you lost the money, I guess, and lost the viewers. Um, because I remember like so many people when the trailer came out and stuff were just like, I don't, it just looks like garbage. It's just generic action bullshit. Like, yeah. Um, which I was like, it did. Admittedly, <laughs> I, the only reason I went to see it was because I like Ang Lee, who we've now covered. This is our second Ang Lee. Second Ang Lee film. Last time we covered the Hulk. Or just Hulk, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Drop Another film which, you know, yourself included, that film gets a no, bad rap.
0: Hulk wasn't good. It
1: gets a bad rap. I really like it. It gets and a I bad th- rap because it wasn't good. But I here's the thing, though, is, like, I think I like Hulk for the same reason I like this, which is I think that there's, there's, there's a very... There's an easy route that you could go down when making a movie like Hulk or making a movie like Gemini Man. Um, and I think that Ang Lee, in both those instances, tries his best to, instead of just making them the kind of generic schlock that you'd expect, try to get to like the human centre of the story. And that's why I think like I really like Ang Lee's stuff and why I feel like I maybe forgive him for a lot of the more technical side of things because I enjoy his his way of trying to yeah just like just get into like the, the
0: person at the centre of his story is like a bit more like um I mean I would disagree with that with the Hulk for the reasons stated within the podcast I don't think he gets to the the. I think he tries but I don't think he ever gets to but the I think he really human. does try like, I think that,
1: that film is so much more about like he tries to make that film about you know the destructive impact that like a father, like a, a father can have on their son, and I think that's a lot more interesting than just like, you know, the Edward Norton Hulk yeah. Hulk Smash kind of thing, you know. And I get that it doesn't work for a lot of people, but like, there, there's something about that movie. That, like for me, just just gels nicely. <laughs> like I said, maybe it's probably just because I
0: have bad taste, but. <laughs> Um, I will the the link I saw between Hulk and Gemini Man and the reason I think puts most people off this film but sold um, me uh was that it's a very hyper reality that Ang Lee creates within both those films yeah I can't actually see I've seen I can't see I can't say I've seen there we go try that that was better I can't say I've seen like many Ang Lee films Mm -hmm. Um, but notice in this one, like there's like a, it's not a very natural feeling film. No, people not though, in the, not in the slightest. There's the action, which is very surreal to watch. Uh, but even the interactions between the people and the, the the plot and the ridiculous like plot, like the some of the plot twists, some of the the stuff that happens within the story is very hyper real. Mm. But I think once you like. Get on once you like sold on that. Once you accept it's a hype like hyperreal perform a like world that they live in, it's easier to get into like the the story that he goes for and the character interactions he goes for. Once you kind of you 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 go right bye bye real world. I'll I'll see you in two hours yeah. time. Um and you just embrace yourself for that. Yeah. So I guess my conclusion is, if you think this film is stupid, that's because it kind of is. Yeah. Like it really it like it that's what like the film kind of drew me into the fact that it is ridiculous like there's a ridiculous place they live this world that they live in it's just stupid but when you buy into that it's a it's a, a really fun film to watch
1: i i think it's very fun i think something they do quite well is at the the, the start of the movie like after they have because the, the movie starts that should we sorry should we do the plot should we do like the quick a quick rundown of the plot yeah can for, do for anyone who's like kind of listening in? Baseball of the movie will smith is a assassin he's basically the best assassin in the world just he's just great um and he has decided to retire he does one last job where he shoots what he believes to be a russian terrorist on a train and he decides it's my last gig i'm out because i shot that guy in front of a little girl and i'm just i'm not into this anymore so i'm out but it turns out, there might be a bit more to that guy that he shot, that he might be involved in some kind of weird experimental experiments. <laughs> um, and so the people that Will Smith were working for, they want him gone. He's a loose end. So they got to get rid of him. And so he's now on the run. Him, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was... He's there as well. He's there, there as well. <laughs> who was hired to spy on him until... They tried to kill her as well, I guess. <laughs> so she ends up tying in with him. And uh, B.D. Wong, who is Will Smith's friend who Got comes to the Also there rescue. as well. He's
0: there as well. It's good that all his friends were there as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real reason they're there. Um, like, I mean, there is, but also...
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, we, just, we we're just there. We need more people in the movie.
0: Um, but who do they so, send? Well, who do they send? Who do they send to assassinate Will Smith? Only bloody Will Smith. Only a small Will Smith. A, a younger <laughs> a Will, Smith. Will Smith. A little Will Smith.
1: Yeah, they send a younger version of Will Smith to kill himself. And it turns out that the man who he assassinated at the beginning was involved in a program that w- had taken DNA from Will Smith and had cloned him mm-hmm. and made a younger Will Smith.
0: And so Clive Owen's also there. And Clive <laughs> Owen's also there. So <laughs> well, actually, sorry it should be stated Clive Owen is uh plays the basically young Will Smith's surrogate dad. Yeah,
1: he plays the the head of this this kind of organization I guess, the head of like the cloning program and the surrogate father for young Will Smith. He's told him that he found him abandoned in a fire station. Yeah. Um and that he was an orphan and you know he's taken him in and raised him and stuff. Um so, yeah, and that's the kind of initial premise is that young Will Smith's trying to kill old Will Smith. Old Will Smith's trying to kind of talk young Will Smith out of doing it. They're all Will Smithing about. There's a whole Will Smith they won't
0: Smith thing. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Will. <laughs> It's Will Smith does Hamlet. That's what this is. Yeah. I guess that, like, if you're listening to this, you either have seen it or you don't care. Yeah. I've just done a terrible job of explaining. This this plot really does end, like, the exact way you'd expect it. Like, old Will Smith decides to convince young Will Smith to turn against his surrogate father. There really isn't much more to the plot than that. Yeah. Like, um, that, obviously what you said is set up, but... The ending is what you'd expect from this sort of thing anyway. Yeah. Um It
1: absolutely is. But my thing with this movie, it's kinda of what I was talking about at the beginning, is I I I I think that the I I think in another world there is a version of this that exists with Bruce Willis. Right. And it is just the typical It's it's like exactly what you would expect from this movie, if you know what I mean. It's like just generic action schlock hmm. the, young Willis, the young Bruce Willis tries to kill the old Bruce Willis Looper. and then at the very end they team up and they they fight something and everyone's happy and, yeah. they, and they all go home um, what I like about what this movie tries to do is that they try to get a bit more to the heart and soul of this whole dilemma
0: hmm.
1: and it's not just a case of you know it's not just a case of young will smith just has a change of heart like old will smith really has to like pull that change of heart out of him i think by you know there's a lot in this about him trying to like almost fix the mistakes that he's Mm -hmm. made and he's like i don't want you young version of me to go down the same road that i did and i have
0: i can like i can pull you out of this like you just need to understand that the film is fundamentally about regret like it's about that that scenario where will smith is at a point in his life where he thinks if i was young i would go back and do things differently but he then gets the a literal young version of himself which he can help convince to do things differently and that is it's fundamentally this is about a film about a man confront an older man confronting his own regret Mm -hmm. and i like that i like
1: that he forces young Will Smith to question his whole entire existence basically. And I think that's like, I think rather than having where I think like a kind of more generic kind of action film would just have like young Will Smith is like, wow, you fucking told me I was a or, you told me I was an orphan, blah, and would like shoot the place up and stuff and like run off to join Will Smith. It's like, instead he has, he goes back and just ha- like after finding all this out and just has this like really emotional moment with Clive Owen. It's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> because you do, you feel like this character, like his whole life has just came crumbling around him. Like, everything he's known has turned out to be a complete lie and he's just a copy of another person and he's devastated by it. And like, I love that I love that this movie tries to just focus on that. It tries to focus on like the personal aspect of it rather than just Well now he's turned against him so he's gonna shoot them all up and you know, even even towards the end when uh he's like sort of fully on Will Smith's side and he has numerous opportunities to kill Clive Owen, but like he can't he can't do it because there's conflict there, man. Like that's his dad and it's like <laughs> a it's like a whole thing and I just yeah, I, I I just think it does a better job than I think it's just more interesting than what another director would have done with it. Yeah. Um and I think I yeah, I kind of just I kind of just hate that like people just decided that this was going to be the punching bag of last year. Um And like I said I do get it. There's a lot of very weird aspects to the movie, but yeah. I just like I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I, so bad at eloquently like <laughs> summing up why I like this.
0: Um, yeah, like there is a a, a cool amount of uh, depth to it. I was surprised by the relationship that um like formed between Clive Owen and Young Will Smith. I I didn't think it would be so sort yeah. of like you do. It does go do a really good job of selling you on the fact that. Clive Owen does truly believe that this is like his son yeah. like you do you actually you don't believe that he's just deceiving younger Will Smith you don't think it's just like oh, I'm pretending to be his dad because that will make him a better soldier yeah. you're like no he truly believes that like this is like his son the closest thing to a son he's ever yeah, gonna have and,
1: and also his the whole the whole reason for him cloning Will Smith <laughs> it just never gets any more normal than where you say it his whole kind of reasoning for cloning Will Smith is kind of if we can make uh, you know an army of these people who don't have backgrounds and don't feel pain, then like maybe we're saving you know the lives of yeah, a, a, you know a, 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 I I want to say a, a regular person, not a clone. <laughs> I don't know, clones aren't real. So I'm not prejudiced towards clones. It's just like that's his whole clones are real. That's Dolly the Sheep? Of, yeah, of course. Are you sheep. saying Dolly the Sheep isn't a real sheep? Justice for Sh- Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I... I, There's Yeah, there's something more to it than just like, he bad man, he want to make assassin mm. to do his dirty work. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's a little bit more to it than
0: that. Yeah, like the idea that the, the clones of Will Smith can replace the endangered lives of real American citizens with families and yeah. loved ones... Uh, they can replace that so those people don't have to die instead which yeah. is a a cool idea i wish that they hadn't just sort of tagged it on at the end villain monologued it at the yeah. end i wish that like that annoys me too i wish i mean i feel like in this film there you could have you had room to make some mm. sort of subplot that would like really you would feel that yeah maybe it would even be cool with some of the the other people the sort of because you're talking about this like people like Oh, the, these, 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 all these soldiers—they're real people. They've all got loved ones. But Will Smith is still slaughtering a whole bunch of them that's come after him. Yeah, totally. like in this whole town sequence at the end, there's so many people in armor and like running around guns trying to kill Will Smith, and he kills them all. Him and the- <laughs> <laughs> I wish that surely there, there could have been something where he Will Smith kills one of these people, and then like you, it, like you see like maybe clive owen like going back to that person's family and talking to them yeah and like he can't say what happened to them but he's saying that they served their country and then you could use that as an emotional beat to then sort of lay the foundation of why clive owen believes that clones are the best way to go i just wish it wasn't tacked on at the end no
1: totally and it's annoying because they they have there it feels like there is room in this movie to put that (laughs) stuff in there because they do just spend a lot of time being like here's our cast of characters hiding in this house and yeah here they are hiding in this bath and like you know this bathhouse and here they are sitting having breakfast on this balcony even though like supposedly the greatest like league of assassins is out to get them they're just out on like the most exposed balcony <laughs> in all of budapest but it's like it seems like you could trim some of that well, and replace it with more of that kind of Clive-O and Young Will Smith plotline.
0: Yeah, because there's a sense that this almost feels like the sort of sub... The whole film feels like the subplot of, like, Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. With, like, there's a person who's yeah. coming to assassinate me, but I've got a personal connection with him. Uh And that, as I say, it was a subplot to a whole big espionage spy film. I'm not saying that this film had to to be that, um, but it does feel like if, if Captain America can put both of those in, you could have done something... You could have added something that would have like fleshed out some of these themes. Yeah, but
1: then that's what I was—is like I think maybe the I think the thing that he does add is that much more human yeah. element to it. We were kind of talking earlier about um, like the hyper reality, hyper reality of film, film. I want to talk about uh... some of the stuff to do with the look of the film, right? Because there's some weird stuff yes. in this. mainly the CGI. Not out. Not so much. Will, the Will Smith
0: well let's talk the Will Smith young Will Smith how do we feel about young Will he's Smith he's pretty convincing how do we feel about like young Will Smith I mean he's a sexy man I mm. mean I, I I think I'd spoon him he's the fresh him. prince yeah I would spoon him definitely <laughs> he's Yeah, a nice gentle spoon <laughs> I'd be big between spoon. Smiths between uh, Will Smiths oh ooh. Ooh, ooh. Easy, like man. little little uh, young Will Smith can be little spoon and like older Will Smith can be big spoon
1: Um, there are moments in this film where the Bad CGI really sticks out, and it seems to be fight sequences where things just move, characters just move too quickly mm. and too like unnaturally, and they look they just they look like they're just I don't know they look like they're elastic or something the way yeah. they move it's like it's like rubber like they're just it's way too stretchy and not the way a person moves, uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with and I don't know how much you know about the whole technical side of when this movie came out. But we're not watching this movie the way it's meant to be watched. No. So we just watched this in regular 2D. We watched this in probably the worst way to watch this movie. Because I don't know if you know about this, but the film was shot in 120 frames per second. Right. Um, which is the... You that's know, a lot of frames. That's a, that's a lot more frames than your average <laughs> movie. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with... Uh, a, a lot of that is where that kind of weird sleek look that the film has where everyone just looks like they just, I don't know, it just moves mm. a bit unnaturally and it's a bit kind of too glossy and everything looks too clean and shiny. It's the same like when you watch The Hobbit for the first time, the first Hobbit, and that mm. shot in 48 frames per second and instantly your brain recognises that something is wrong with what you're seeing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the way that this movie is apparently meant to be watched, according to Ang Lee, <clears throat> um. Is he wants the movie shown in theaters at 120 frames per second. Greggy, On a 4K projector and in 3D. Bit elitist. Okay. So how many theaters in the US (laughs) do you think can handle 120 frames per second with a 4K projector and in 3D? How many theaters in the US do you think can handle that? 100? None. None. Not a single one. Not a single one. Theaters in the US cannot handle it. The closest that they can get is 120 frames <laughs> per second on a 2K projector in 3D. And that was in 14 screens. 14 theaters.
0: They managed to show that. Wow. So this film has never been seen how it's supposed to have been seen. I,
1: from what I remember, and I was trying to find the article before we started recording, I couldn't find it. I remember seeing an article that basically, I think said that there was like one theater that could show it exactly the way he wanted it. And it's like man did you not know like going in that like, <laughs> like I get that you're I, I guess I mean I guess it's interesting that he's obviously again taking what is otherwise like a pretty standard movie like standard kind of sci-fi action movie and he's trying to I guess push the envelope with this technology but it's like ang, buddy you're you're making a movie that people can't watch the way it's meant to be watched so like you're left with a bunch of Confused people in the theaters watching it in two B two D being like, "Why the fuck does it look so weird?" You know
0: what I mean? Yeah, I also think that you can't make a movie if you think the only way you can make a movie is with this sort of far, like this sort of um, technical specifications that are far beyond like, um, like what is necessary. Like the the fucking best films of all times weren't made four K. Uh, 120 frames per second like anything like that yeah you don't need all of that that like you i mean maybe there's interest and applications for it but if you've got a good story good script and good actors, you t- like that shouldn't be the necessary yeah. thing you need because i think you also have to ask yourself
1: like like you know going to see a movie in 3d on a 4k projector that's going to be expensive yeah <laughs> and it's like if all you're really, you know, as much as I like this movie, if all you're selling to people is Gemini Man, are people going to flock in numbers and pay exuberant amounts of money to watch that? You know what I mean? No. Um, and I, I do I do feel like it, watching the movie, I'm like, I wish this was, I wish this just looked like a normal movie. And he could have shot this so much more interestingly Yeah. than what he ends up having to do because of this insane high frame rate that he he has to work with. Um, I just think it's very bizarre because there was a number of ways you could see the movie because of that, because of the high frame rate and the 3D. And I believe you could see, I think you could also see it in 4DX as well. Okay. So think about how many different ways there (laughs) are to experience Gemini Man to the point where I almost feel like I made a big mistake by not, going to see it in as sort of good a version as I could have. Like, I just saw it in 2D in the cinema as well. Like, maybe I should have gone and saw it in 3D. Or maybe I should have gone and seen it in 4DX. No. Or something like that. You know what I mean? To get, like, a bit more of the experience Ang Lee is trying to provide us, instead of what he would probably call, like, the worst way to watch his movie, you know what I mean? Because I do feel like I remember when the film initially came out, most of the interesting conversation around it came out of conversations about the frame rate. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're just left with just having seen the movie in 2D, you're left out of the almost the most important conversation around the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I do really regret that I didn't go
0: see it. Um, and it's never going to be re-shown or anything. Oh,
1: not a fucking chance! Are you kidding me? What, from me and you? <laughs> like, the two guys who kind of enjoyed it? Like, uh, yeah. No, I think, um, I think it's a shame. And I think it's a shame to imagine... Ang Lee just sitting in a little theater that he's built himself that can show gemini man he's like i'm the only one who can
0: appreciate this <laughs> well this character has so much more nuisance if you appreciate it in these specific technical yeah! um i would say that the the weird thing watching that i did notice it looked kind of hyper real but then i think some of the the cgi comes from these like in in um impossible shots that like i feel like that's why some of them look weird is that um, Ang Lee's got this specific idea of what he wants the shot to look like. Mm. Uh, and then, like, it's done. M- m- sometimes having to use CGI in order to do it. Uh-huh. And it doesn't look as natural as it did in his head. The big one, like, the one that probably exemplet, uh, exempts it the most is when they're, like, they've got this, like, long shot of, like, the private jet they're in. Yeah. And, the, and it sweeps, like, across the jet. And then it kind of zooms in. And then in the window, you can see... um B D Wong. B D Wong. So you can see him, and I can. You can imagine Anne Lee was sat when he was imagining his film. His masterpiece in all of the frames of the seconds he could handle. and he was like and then the and, and then the camera will swoop into the plane and you'll see the pilot and it'll go across the sky but then when you actually see the shot in the film it's like that looks ridiculous yeah. it, looks, it looks ridiculous that you can see him in the window of yeah. this plane it doesn't look natural um, and I think that's there's that's just like an example that I think that represents a lot of the shots in this there's quite a few shots there's like one shots there's like loads of point of view shots that like like it's they're not necessarily bad I think what they do is they highlight that you're watching a film yeah the there's one, a the, lot of it that's like that The
1: one that stood out to me a lot is um there's towards the end of the movie you see a character like jump down off a roof run across the street, jump onto the next roof and then kind of look through the, the ceiling window. And it, the way he moves, he looks so stringy. And he runs at a speed that like a human being just can't. And he moves in a way that a human being can't. I've never even really seen like a video game character move like that. It's so unnatural. But I wonder if you were to watch it in more of a fashion that it yeah. was intended to be watched, if it would maybe look a bit more natural or if it would f-
0: blend in more with the rest of the film. The other thing is, though, I feel like the 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 unnaturalness of these shots actually kind of ends up being in his, his to his advantage because it does all end up leading into that sort of hyper reality i was talking about earlier yeah where you end up you kind of watch this film and you end up thinking of it as something more akin to like a superhero film something that's like you're, you're close to reality but not really like mm. uh and then there's these because there's these ridiculous shots especially the first sort of fight fight slash chase sequence between old will smith and young will smith oh, it's a how good is that it's fucking a sequence? mental it's action so good. sequence it's mental but like the the shots are so they sort of keep drawing you into this idea that it's it's a you're watching a film like because there's this point of view shot and there's like this long shot you're going oh that's impressive the way he's done that impressive and it takes you out of like like the um the sort of realism of the scene and makes you you makes you think more about the shots but then what that does is that makes you more accepting of the ridiculous action and it's like yeah. a, throwing motorbikes at each other oh. and ridiculous stuff like that but because you're now in the mindset of it being a movie you accept it more like it's yeah. more spectacle no totally that is the w- one disappointing thing is that the peak
1: action sequence comes far yeah. too early which is the motorcycle sequence? Because you go, you have, you you start that that sequence off. You have that great moment, in my opinion, genuinely great, where he sh- throws the grenade and young Will Smith shoots it back <laughs> at him in mid fucking air, which is great. Um, then you have the one take motorcycle uh, chase, like where he drives down the alleyway and he's like doing these really tight turns, hitting cars and stuff. It's great. And then you have a fight where the weapon is a motorcycle and young Will Smith is trying to kill old Will Smith with a motorcycle <laughs> and he's doing all these crazy tricks where he's like flipping it back so it like kicks him in the head. You have that great moment where <laughs> he like goes to hit old Will Smith by on other ground, and Will Smith does like a push up jump <laughs> thing which is tremendous fucking stuff. Um, and then you have him like yeah throw the motorbike at him. It's just such a fucking... It's such a movie, yeah. Sequence, it's spectacle, yeah, it's, and it's, it's pure great.
0: spectacle. And it doesn't, it. There's no illusion of like any sort of reality. Mm. Like again, that that's the comparison of a superhero film. It's like it's watch like it's like watching two superhumans fight. Yeah, you're like you're engrossed, but you're not engrossed because you think, "Oh, this is a thing that could happen." You're engrossed because it's like the ridiculousness and the, yeah. the absurdity of it all. Um. Uh, but I I think it
1: I think it's strange that all the effects seem to work in that sequence. It's not until you get to the catacombs fight, where old Will Smith confronts young Will Smith and they have a scuffle in the in the catacombs in Budapest, and that's where it looks unnatural, because the way those two are fighting is like I said they're just moving in a way mm. that people don't move and they're really stringy and weird and. It's odd that, for some reason, everything kind of works in that first sequence and then doesn't ever really work properly again.
0: I think it's because the first sequence is so fucking creative. Yeah, there's so many, I say, and ridiculous things. But the thing about that catacomb fight is, it's supposed to be a lot more gritty, but it makes it a lot less interesting. Like they are just sort of, <laughs> they're just sort of scuttling around. Yeah, like they're just sort of punching and throwing each other a bit. It's it's very close quarters, and it maybe maybe it should work for a more emotional piece. But when you're very in sort of this already in this headspace of like watching spectacle, it's it's not as great it's just not as creative as that first action yeah. sequence. Um,
1: and then yeah, when you get to the end, it is it's just like I said, it's just weird fucking goo men just running all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then of course, so we we kind of started talking about uh, the the effects of young Will Smith. I feel like we didn't really get into it. And stuff yeah. like, how do you feel about young Will Smith? The facial animation—they've aged him down.
0: It isn't like for the most part, it's impressive. Yeah, overall, it's impressive. Like it—you it, are really—you you don't get distracted and you—you you forget. I mean, that's the, probably the best compliment you can get give about yeah, it. Is that is that yeah, there are scenes it's... where you forget mm-hmm. it's de-aged Will Smith, mm-hmm. um, and it does feel on point with like. I actually watched um, Captain Marvel recently. And like you, that is again another sort of impressive example of you do forget that like Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. is like the the younger version of yeah. himself, like you just get you just get swept away with the film. Um, that yep, yeah, that's the best compliment you can give that sort of thing. Yeah.
1: And then you <laughs> and then you get to the ending, and I don't know what the fuck's going on with that ending. I don't know if they shot it the day before. It does like, seem like a reshoot ending? It's very surreal. The the, the the last shot of the movie they meet uh, young Will Smith at the university that he's just Where they give in. him
0: his passport and birth certificate. Yeah, even, even though, though he's already he's, enrolled he's, at university. He, how did he get <laughs> enrolled in university if he didn't have a passport or birth certificate? I know. But the
1: second he... The second he walks through that gate, and you see him from a distance, <laughs> you're immediately like, something's wrong with that image. <laughs> like, there's just... And for some reason, his face looks it looks cg it looks like um jeff bridges in tron legacy yeah. which was kind of like that was one of the first big attempts at it and so you could forgive it for how it yeah. looked but when you've just watched a movie where they've kind of aced it for the most part and then they get to the end <laughs> bit and it's like what happened like did the
0: render not work or like and you just fucking didn't have time to do it again like what went wrong it does because this and, this this whole sequence feels like it feels like somebody went like there was a test audience and they go ah th- we needed a happy ending okay let's quickly film a happy ending
1: yeah but and part of me wonders if when you watch that scene and you see how weird it looks you almost think in hindsight i'm like well did we ever really see young will smith in a well-lit yeah area because for the most part you see him the first time you see him is the motorcycle chase where he's wearing a hat and sunglasses so his face is mostly covered yeah the second time you see him is in the catacombs where it's very dark yeah and then you have the conversation at Clive Owen's house where it's you know it's just a dimly lit room
0: yeah it's a weird sort of lighting setup in that room
1: yeah then you have the whole ending sequence which takes place at night and then finally (laughs) you've got him in the in, in this one last scene there is I guess there's that one moment where they're at the training camp and remember yeah, and that's day, broad daylight, I guess. But I think he's kind of shot at a distance. I think he's also in a But farm. then he's also he's also shot in a distance in the ending, and it looks fucking weird, right? <laughs> at
0: the, right off the gate, so. I know that ending is very strange. They they seem to, they 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 load all of their their meeting yourself puns into that last. Yeah. sequence They're they're pretty restrained throughout the whole film, but then like at the ending, they just have this what feels like a a appetite like improv scene where they're yeah. walking around the uni and Will Smith's like, oh, just excuse me, I'm here talking to myself. And I, you think what's why? Because he's probably
1: he's probably been having all these jokes in his head. He's like, now's not the time. Not right now. When we're safe. Um, it like that there, there's other there's things that this movie does that I really don't like Um and it's like basic little things like what we were talking about when the movie started there was a couple of moments that kind of stood out to me one is like um when they're he's he's gonna shoot the at the time presumably Russian terrorist on the train he's gonna shoot him and one of the things that throws him off is that a little girl comes over to the table and they're like oh you can't shoot because there's a little girl like you gotta wait for her to move on yeah And it's that weird thing of like, you know, and I get that kids act a little bit strange and they might do this, but the the kid just comes up and just stands and just stares at him. (laughs) And I'm like, I just feel like maybe, maybe if you just got the kid to like say something or
0: just do what kids
1: do, like, yeah, show them a toy, just anything. But instead she just comes up and stands next to him until the mum comes and is like, oh, look, move, move away, move, move away now. And it's like what was that? That just felt so, none of that felt natural. That felt very like, and now girl, enter the shot and stand there for a second. Okay, and now come back. You know what I mean? Uh, and then it's like, you go right from that to he takes the shot. You see it go through the glass and then you immediately just cut to like, a few hours later and Will Smith's packing up his gun and it's like, no, I wanted to, like I want to see the impact of that. Like, that's your big yeah. punchy opening scene. And it's things like that. There's things like, the way when when Mary Elizabeth Winstead finds out when her character finds out that young Will Smith is a clone, she tells him this information just sat down in like a car park, just in like like there's nothing interesting. and they just kind of walk over and like hey what's up and she's just like she just looks a bit shocked and she's like oh my god he's a clone of you and there's just like people going about their day in the
0: background and stuff it's just it just it's not very like. No, but then th- this all does lead into, like, hyper-reality. This is, like, yeah. this whole this whole thing... The, like, the whole thing feels like a film. I think one of the things that most films feels like a, a movie is Clive Owen's um, motive for sending young Will Smith to kill old Will Smith. It's a question that, like, both Will Smiths ask him. Yeah. And his answer... I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now, but it's just a stupid movie answer. It's it like i thought you had to face the darkness yeah that was
1: it It's like i I thought you had to face your darkest day basically yeah
0: talking about don't you like
1: (laughs) surely you want to just keep that because he also when will smith when young will smith shows up to confront clive owen clive owen's like oh i thought it was better if you lived your life never knowing (laughs) it's like well why did you send him to kill him then like he was gonna see who he was shooting surely it feels like very... oh see it's happening Danny it's starting to fall <laughs>
0: apart <laughs> it's such movie logic and yeah. that's what I said like as I keep saying like it works in this film because it feels like a film it never it never sort of brings the illusion of realism, which I can get why people wouldn't like. Yeah. Because totally. you most most people want that sense of realism in their film. But this like it, it never brings it for you because there's stupid scenes like that. Um there's the there's the, the plot twist at the end, which I'm sure we'll go into in a minute. Uh right, what's his um the fucking death of like um I keep forgetting his name. What is his name? B1. B1. His death happens, happens so abruptly quickly, abruptly, yeah. abruptly, and then is forgotten the next scene. Like, they get to the ending and they don't go... Not not one single mention of his best friend... Well, he does, he just,
1: he just, like, Will Smith just, like, punches a like, a wall, and he's just like,
0: damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I liked that guy! I loved it, his uh, quirky attitude, But it? it felt like, ooh, uh, it felt like the, the movie logic of, hello, this is movie logic, Tron, uh, you are coming towards the third act, someone must die to up the stakes. Yeah. Okay, well, kill the comic relief. Kill the comic relief. Make more serious <laughs> tone. Eight, eight, five. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you want
1: to talk about the... I mean, didn't we, I guess we kind of spoil it a little bit, but do you want to talk about
0: the little the little twist at the end? The little twist at the end. So they are chased by uh, a mysterious assassin <laughs> with a bike helmet. Why didn't younger Will Smith have a bike helmet in the first action sequence? He was on a fucking bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? why? He does steal that bike, though. Okay. But he, like, it, they could have used a mask so they would... Oh, never mind. Movie logic. So I did
1: say, with that mask on, I was like, he looks more like Deadshot than he ever looked yeah. in the Suicide Squad movie. <laughs>
0: um, so at the end they're being chased by this mysterious assassin and who could he be? Who could he be? Um, and so they fight in the warehouse and fucking, they brutally kill this character. Yeah, they, shoot, well, they, they shoot like flammable stuff they and let him burn to death and then shoot him. him on and on and on and then like, when he finally is like, are dying on the floor. They take off his helmet and who is it, Scott Morrison?
1: It's another Will Smith. It's another Will Smith. And it was funny because you, when that kind of action sequence started, you were like, it'd be so funny if it just turned out to be another Will Smith. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, surely, I was like, Danny's smart enough that I feel like he's already called it and he's just... I I guess... But then they do so much to make it seem like they've killed him. Yeah. That...
0: It's like I guess there is that moment where you're like, "There's no way that that person." Is. I think in my head, um, I just figured that if there was a third Will Smith, I'd have heard about it by now because this film right. came out like a year ago. Yeah. Because I said my specific words when we were watching the scene. is like, "If I was in the cinema, I'd be expecting that to be yeah. a third Will Smith." Um, but because I was like, "Oh, I'm sure I would have heard about that by now," but no, I hadn't. Like that was actually, yeah, buried. Like I didn't know. But it's a yo- even younger Will Smith, isn't it?
1: It's an even younger Will Smith.
0: Because this... I loved, they, they have the reveal
1: where they like slowly pull off his helmet and I just turned to you and was like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's another Will
0: Smith. <laughs> They've unwrapped a third Will Smith. <laughs> um, which they brutally killed a young even younger Will Smith. Which they don't, don't sit on that for too long either, do they? Yeah.
1: And it's also that kind of weird thing of like, oh, well, you know, he couldn't feel pain and... You know, he didn't have a personality. not like you, young Will Smith, who I Clive Owen have personally raised. Like he was a
0: fucking chump, but you you're like you know what I mean it's it's a very arbitrary distinction Clive Owen's come up with. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's just that's just a, a disposable Will Smith. That's an expendable Will Smith. You're an actual Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna go off and live in Hollywood. He does have a name. It's such symbolic it's, of uh, like... it's
1: Harold something, isn't it? Henry. Henry. Henry,
0: Henry Moore and then the young Will Smith's called Clay. Junior. Junior. uh, Clay Jr. Clay Jr. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Um, But it's just. It is, like, (laughs) pretty obvious when you watch a Will Smith film that you always just call him Will Smith. (laughs) Yeah, it's just. It's Will Smith. Like, he, he doesn't really he doesn't go that much deeper than that does he the, the character name is just for sentimental reasons Yeah, reasons it's so that reasons.
1: Will Smith has someone because he can't just be Will So you no.
0: know he's like well no I need to feel he like could. I'm acting uh, no, he like, a I need whole to, TV I need, show I need to feel Smith. like
1: I'm acting you know what I mean because if I play Will Smith
0: I'm just the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air again when I rewatched it recently and that was something that never occurred to me like I was watching it and I was going wait a minute is his name Will <laughs> that's so
1: strange that almost seems something that Seems like something they would do, like years later into their career, they get on a TV show and they're that famous. It's just like Like, I don't want to be called. I don't want to fucking have to remember any names. Just call me my name. Just call me Wilson. Everybody loves Raymond
0: and uh, (laughs) yeah, according to Jim.
1: (laughs) Um, well, I'm like I'm glad you enjoyed it.
0: I did enjoy it. Like
1: I'm glad you. I guess that all I really wanted was for someone else to just recognize that there's like things to enjoy about it and not to just write it off. yeah because i think that was that is i think what bothered me the most after i saw it was i just didn't understand why people just decided that that was the punching bag of 2019 in terms of cinema like absolutely gemini man was going to be that's the most fucking low-tier embarrassing shit that's came out this year and i do wonder if some of that has to do with the frame rate stuff but I think a lot of it is just like there was the frame rate stuff, which I guess people who are more into film would know more about that stuff. Yeah. Then there's just the fact that it just kind of looks blatantly kind of bad mm. from the trailer, and then it's the fact that like yeah, you're you're it looks like a movie that was written in 1997. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I guess those three kind of things just kind of, and then when you know people go see it, maybe they see it like in 2D. They're like, why the fuck does it look so weird? none of this
0: is really because your average movie movie goer wouldn't even wouldn't probably be able to put their finger on it they would probably just see it looks kind of off and then just be like that's strange it looks kind of off yeah
1: I would be curious like uh, my girlfriend's parents watched it recently and they didn't enjoy it right but I would be curious I maybe should ask them I maybe should be like did you think there was anything like unnatural looking about it yeah like did that occur to you at all or did you just not like it because you just didn't like the movie you know it's like because it's it
0: is debatably a bad movie. <laughs> it's a so. kind, of, kind of silly film. Yeah. I kind of I thought that like it kind of made me think of Glass because I enjoyed mm. Glass, but I credit the reason I enjoyed Cla- Glass was because a few days before I went and saw it, I rewatched Unbreakable, and Unbreakable is kind of similar in the sense that like it's a strange world they live in where nothing's yeah. really natural, and then when I was in that sort of mindset, I went and saw Glass and got it more. Like I was like, mm. "Oh, it's a weird film. Maybe I should try that again. Because I really didn't enjoy Glass, but I feel like maybe I should try
1: and give that another shot.
0: Because I don't—I didn't actually remember Unbreakable as being weird. Mm. I was, in my in my head, it was quite a straight film. But then watching it, you're like, "This is this is so strange." Nobody, I think that's just M Night Sha- really? that's just M Night Shyamalan's
1: films. I think they all have kind of a, an odd <laughs> tone to them. That you, yeah, you know, for the you know, for some of them you can get on board with, and then for some of them you really can't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm glad you like, I'm glad you enjoyed it and I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's like a fucking great movie at all. I think it's quite like No, a I feel like I do movie, understand
0: why people don't like it. I, yeah, I, I do get it. Like, I, it is an um, sort of, you have to really sort of be invested. You have to be yeah. in a, a different mindset than mm. you'd expect to be in this sort of film. I think you have to just kind of try and embrace what it is mm. and you might find you get a lot of
1: enjoyment out of it. Like I said, I'm not, I don't think it's like a great movie or anything. I just... I just wish people would give it more of a chance and not just write it off because i think it does a lot of kind of interesting things and yeah i just like it i just find myself the two times i've watched it, i've just found myself very invested in it um even though it's you know bizarre and a lot of the film is just people having like conversations while they have like coffee and on balconies and things like that, you know,
0: it's it's odd. It's it also there's quite a few weird locations in this. It does feel like an excuse for the filmmakers to go on holiday. It yeah, they go to Budapest and they go to. But that's the thing though. why why do they go to Budapest? Well, it's weird because they
1: go. Oh, I can't remember why they go. Oh, it's because they go to meet with the guy who knew the Russian scientist. <laughs> he could have been anyway. And they meet him at the Budapest baths, I guess because. Where else are you gonna go? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that is—it's—it's it's weird watching that scene because, like, I've like it's always that thing of, I think we've talked about it before, where it's like, I, like I've been there mm. and I know what it actually looks like. It's just fucking wall to wall with people. But then when you see it in the movie, they just make it look like this nice, quiet, quiet little swimming outdoor. I mean, swimming it's pool. probably more we'll hangout at the moment. They're just having like, they're just having like tea and coffee on the Miranda, <laughs> while, like I said, the League of Assassins are out to get them and you know it's very bizarre but um yeah it does kind of feel like uh we get to go to like some pretty beast locations for a few days at a time and we can go hang out on you, you know at like budapest castle <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah well i'm glad you liked it. i'm glad we finally did this i hope i don't think it will be i feel like every whoever listens to this is just going to listen to this as like a Either they've seen it and they just want to hear what we thought, or they're never gonna watch yeah. it and they just want to hear our take on a shit movie. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I think if anyone's even like remotely curious, I would strongly recommend like giving it a bash. Yeah. You'll only be able to watch it in 2D, unfortunately, but you know, I would, I would say like give it a go. Just give it the time of day, just a little bit. I get you. Give it a little bit of your time. That's all it's asking. It's only an hour fifty-two. Breezy over before you know it it's not like it's not like Blade Runner 2049 they want two hours 40 from you that's a long time good movie though Just like two more episodes of Friends you could watch in that time (laughs) compared to Gemini Man so watch Gemini Man instead is what I'm saying don't watch a good movie watch give your time to Gemini Man exactly Um, anyway next week uh, it'll be my TED talk about why I think Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is the greatest superhero movie ever made uh and then after that, uh,
0: Josie and the Pussycats. So
1: okay. yeah, <laughs> so we got a lot of good ones lined up.
0: That's the natural progression. Uh, do you want to take us out? Yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us Facebook, Twitter at Second Opinion. That's second with a two.
1: It's been a pleasure to be in the same room as you, it again, Danny. I can't wait to make many more memories. Should we should
0: we do one more authentic, inauthentic conversation? Right, you say something, right, and I'll talk over you, thinking you're done. And we'll talk over each other. And then we'll both realise that we're, we're it's been delayed yeah. and we can't. Okay? Cool. So, have you enjoyed, like, being able to come yeah, back? Yeah, I've really a, enjoyed uh, being there, Scott. Uh, like, sorry. I really, uh, oh, hang on. Sorry. No, okay, I love to get you, though. All right. Um, I, did, I did enjoy... <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: we do it for the banter. That's what we do. We did for. do it for fun. Um, I can't wait to make many more memories with you until too many people going to the pub fuck it for everybody and we get
0: locked down again. (laughs) But until that time... When we're back, second opinion, second wave. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's what we'll call it. Second opinion, (laughs) second wave. I love it. Uh, Anyway, enjoy JK Simmons, everyone. Enjoy JK Simmons. I love you, bye. Bye.